We are not God. We as humans are very limited beings. God is almighty or all-powerful. He knows everything. He is present everywhere at all times, and He is all goodness. We are none of those things, and we are very far from being any of those things. Those are the things that make everything that is His work so unexpected and mysterious to us. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today, we will be looking at how the Lord uses the unexpected. We saw last time that we can trust a God with unique characteristics, that He is omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, and omnibenevolent. But those same characteristics is what makes us very different to Him. He is superior to us in every way. And so, because He's awesomely superior than us, He will use and do things that seem very unexpected to us. If we want to experience His power and glory, we need to make ourselves ready for the unexpected, for His mysterious ways. Today's message is inspired on the book of Judges, chapter 7, verses 1 to 15. Let us go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord, Heavenly Father, majestic and mighty God, creator of all things, the one who was and is and is to come, Blessed be your name, O Lord God, for you are worthy to be praised, worthy to be exalted, for you are above all things, O Lord, for there is no one like you. Heavenly Father, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O Lord, that you may please always remember us in your mercy and in your grace, that you may always, O Lord, be mindful that we are nothing, O Lord, and that we need you, Heavenly Father. Please forgive my sins and my wrongs, O Lord God. I humbly, Lord God, ask you for your forgiveness. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for your guidance. I pray for your strength. I pray, O Lord, for your Holy Spirit, that he may be able to help us understand, to Lord God, to take in what you want us to take in. Heavenly Father, help us to accommodate to your ways rather than for us to try to make you fit in ours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today's key passage reading can be found in the book of Judges, chapter 7, verses 1 to 15. This is the word of the Lord. Then Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, This one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And whomever I say to you, This one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, 
you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink, and the number of those who lapped, putting their hand of their mouth, was three hundred men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, By the three hundred men who lapped, I will save you, and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands, and he sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those three hundred men. Now the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I delivered it into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant. And you shall hear what they say, and afterward your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Pura, his servant, to the outposts of the armed men who were in the camp. Now the Midianites and Amalekites, all the people of the east, were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts, and their camels were without number, as a sand by the seashore in multitude. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I have had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned, and the tent collapsed. Then his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hand God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. One of the main things we must keep in mind in everything that the Lord does is that it may be completely different to the way we would do things. Quite frankly, the Lord thinks very differently to the way we think. And why is that? We are limited in our thinking because of various factors. First, because we have this sinful nature that is still in us. Even though there are those of us that have surrendered our lives to the Lord, we still need to deal with the sin that dwells within us, and that makes us imperfect and limited people. Secondly, we are not God. We as humans are very limited beings. God is almighty or all-powerful. He knows everything. He is present everywhere at all times, and He is all goodness. We are none of those things, and we are very far from being any of those things. Those are the things that make everything that is His work so unexpected and mysterious to us. And thirdly, we do not have the level of control God has. God is above and over all things. We don't really have any control over anything, not even over ourselves. We cannot even control the involuntary things our body does. And so all of these things make our thoughts quite limited. Isaiah chapter 55 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so... We need to keep a completely open mind to how the Lord wants to do things, to how He wants to accomplish His will. The other aspect to this, by acknowledging who God is and what He is capable of doing, is that we need to look for Him for direction. It cannot be our bright idea per se. We generally mess things up if we do things the way we think they should be done, even if there are very good intentions. One example we can see in the Bible of the great heartache that happens when we try to take matters into our own hands is what happened between Abraham and Sarai, and how Sarai tried to help fulfill God's promise to Abraham. 
If you remember the story, you will remember that Abraham and Sarai did not have any children at first. And God made a promise to Abraham that he would make a great nation out of him and that Sarai would bear children even though she was barren. We read the following in Genesis chapter 16 where it says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. Then Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Then Sarai said to Abram, My wrong be upon you. I gave my maid into your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between you and me. Hagar became a big problem in the marriage, and of course, a big problem to Sarai. Hagar despised Sarai, meaning that she looked down on her. She made life difficult for her and made a constant mockery of Sarai because of her inability to have children. That was a big thing back then. If women didn't have children back then, they were considered useless. Like if they were not woman enough to have children, like something was deeply wrong with them. And this Hagar and her son Ishmael and their descendants became a problem to Israel, the children of Abraham, even until this day. That's why you have this whole conflict between Israel and some folks in the Arab world, because they think Israel should just be wiped off the face of the planet. Sarai's bright idea, or rather her big mistake, has endured thousands of years. If Sarai would have just waited on the Lord and let the Lord fulfill his promise to Abraham without any interventions, she would not have brought upon her descendants all of the problems experienced until this day. This is just one of the many examples where we are taught not to come up with our own thoughts on how to resolve issues, which leads us to the next point that we need to develop a sensitivity to the Lord, to be attentive to the promptings and direction of the Holy Spirit. That is one of the main reasons why the Holy Spirit is so necessary in our lives, so we can be guided personally by the Lord through Him. Jesus promised us this, that when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. And so we need to take our lead from the Holy Spirit of God. He will tell us how things need to be done. But for that to happen, we need to develop our own close relationship with the Lord. And that does not happen on its own. That happens with by spending time with the Lord. When we pray and read and study His Word, the Holy Spirit will always align with the Word of God in one way or another. When we spend time with the Lord, then we will be more ready to know how to listen and understand what the Lord's will is. And this closeness in our relationship with the Lord does something in us. It helps us go away from carnality. We cannot think carnally. And why is that important? Because if we think carnally, then we will look to fulfill the desires of the flesh. And when we do that, we can only bring about destruction. For it is written, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. 
For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Anything that is based on the flesh will produce corruption, and corruption is death. There is no life in corruption. When we sow in the Spirit, when we do that which the Spirit tells us to do, then we will reap everlasting life. Plain and simple, following the evil desires of the flesh will only bring about destruction, pain, and suffering. That's why it is so important to do away with the flesh and its evil intentions so that we can thrive spiritually. And so we can do those things that God wants us to do, but His way through His guidance. Now, what is also just as vital, and this will become evident as we are transformed by the Lord, is that God must receive rightful glory. We cannot do things for our own benefit, and least of all, for our own glory. We must do them with the intention and goal to glorify God, and that is the only fair thing to do. Why is that fair? Because God is ultimately behind everything. Everything good is God's doing from us being created, to our salvation through Jesus Christ, to our own ongoing existence, and to the eternity we have to look forward to, all thanks to His work. We owe absolutely everything to God. Even if we do good works, it's because He allows for those things to happen. Doing good works is our decision because we are free to choose. We have free will, but God enables us to do those things by providing the means to do them. Think about it this way. Let's say you were completely devoted to doing something right before the eyes of the Lord, but if God decided for you to stop breathing at that same given moment, our breath of life comes from the Lord. We have no power over that. So what then? Once you can't breathe, your life ends. You can't do anything else, no matter how much you want to do them. When the Lord decides for your time to be up, that's it. Your time is up, and there is nothing anyone can do to stop that. See how that works? So the Lord gives us life to do things. He enables us with the abilities He gives us to accomplish those good works we should devote ourselves to do. And so He should get the glory for everything because if we live and breathe, it is because He wills it. If we have what we have, it is because He has allowed for those things to be. If we have any kind of ability, it is because He allows it. And of course, if we are keen on doing His will, then, of course, he should get the credit for the idea and for all of the effort involved in carrying out that idea. At the end of the day, it's all his doing, one way or another. Nothing happens without his say-so. The only thing that really belongs to us is the intention to obey, to do that which is his will. Having said these things, we do see in the passage that God tells Gideon that if he is afraid to go down to the camp, that he should go down with Pura, his servant, which he does. So what does that tell us? That it's okay to be a little fearful to do things, but of course, never to the point that it stops you from obeying the Lord. We need to face our fears through the power of the Holy Spirit. As believers and followers of Jesus Christ, we can never let ourselves be overtaken by fear. The Bible says in 2 Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Holy Spirit of God provides for us the power we need to do whatever He wants us to do. His love encourages us to do what we need to do. And of course, through the training of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we do develop a sound mind or self-control. Through Christ, we are supposed to learn self-control. 
We don't have to allow ourselves to be overtaken by the weaknesses of our flesh. We can overcome any and all weaknesses in us through the Lord, through the empowering of His Holy Spirit, and through the instruction of His Word. That's why, again, it's okay to feel certain anxieties and have concerns, but we should never be overtaken by them. We need to conquer them. There's a practical side to conquering your fears in the Lord as well. 1 John chapter 4 says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. In one way or another, fear produces torment. You can never think straight nor see things clearly if you feel fear. And of course, if you are overwhelmed by fear, it can be stifling. It can make you freeze or shy away. In the Lord, we need to meet challenges head on. And we need to trust in his word and what he tells us. For it is also written, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And what is God? God is omnipotent, the almighty and all-powerful. He is also omniscient or all-knowing. He is omnipresent or present everywhere at the same time. And he is omnibenevolent or all-good. We can completely trust in a God that has all of these qualities and that knowledge and faith in him should help us do away with any and all fears, worries, and anxieties. We must and can still obey and trust in the Lord despite the circumstances. No matter what it is, God can help us overcome anything. The other thing to keep in mind is that the Lord is God and he will do what needs to be done. He encourages us, he enables us, he equips us, and he will provide what is necessary. He will set all of the pieces that are necessary for whatever task he gives you to do. That's why we should never trust in ourselves. We should always trust in him. We should rely on him. Now, does that mean that we just sit and wait? Maybe, maybe not. That's why we said what we said earlier. Our intimate relationship with him will help us understand when we need to do, what we need to do, and how we need to do that which he wants us to do. Our part, our side, or responsibility is to obey and to be available. With the Lord and as the effective Lord, he should be in our lives. We should be on call, if you will, for him. God does not want you to live locked up in a closet somewhere. He wants you to just be available for him so that he can use you when that time comes. That is the practical side of loving him above all things. It doesn't mean that there's no room to love anyone else in your life. It just means that he gets the priority over everyone and everything else, especially in the moments he would like for you to do certain things for him so that you are useful to him. I'll explain it to you this way. I have a regular job and work long hours like most of you do. That job involves me being away from home for a long period of time during the day. I usually get home when it's dark. My mother lives with me and she sometimes needs my help. And of course, she is the person I care for the most in my life. She knows that I have to work and that it is important for me to be responsible and diligent what I do because that is why I get paid. However, I have told her that if she needs my help because something is wrong to contact me no matter what and no matter when. There have been times when she has needed my help during work hours. There have been certain emergencies that have occurred over the years that it has been necessary for me to put aside work because of her. 
and she takes priority over my job. And so because I love her and because her welfare is important to me, when she needs my help, she gets the priority. Her needs rise to the top of my list above whatever else I'm doing. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, that is the way things go. I'm sure you all have your loved ones, and whenever the unexpected happens with any of them, you spring into action, if you will, and you drop everything and go attend to their needs, right? Or whenever they need you to be there for them somehow, you make that time. You find a way to accommodate what is necessary for them. At least, I would hope you do. The same thing the Lord requires. Having the Lord be the Lord of your life does not necessarily mean that you have to abandon and forget about everything and that you need to go live in an isolation somewhere or anything like that. It means that the Lord, as the Lord of your life, gets the priority, that He gets first place, especially when He would like for you to do something for Him. And He may need you at times that may be unexpected for you because, again, His thoughts are higher than ours. He is aware of everything. We are aware of a very limited view. He knows all things. We know very little. And so we should just do as He tells us to do because He knows best, both what's best for you and for those around you. The ultimate wisdom in doing whatever God tells us to do is because He only wants what is best for you and me and of course, what is best in the long run. And so it is in our best interest to be ready and open for the unexpected so that we don't lose out on the opportunity to be a part of his glorious and eternal plan. There are many things that need to happen in our lives so that we can in fact do God's will the way he wants for us to accomplish it. We need to understand our limitations clearly and that should help us realize that we need the Lord. And the good thing is that this Lord, this God, that has any and all things that transcends our weaknesses and limited abilities, desires to help us in any way necessary. We have a great and wonderful God we can trust for everything in our lives. And truth be told, if you want for every aspect of your life to be blessed, then you should allow for Him to be the Lord and provide direction for every single aspect in your life. And of course, if you want to be a part of God's work, then you should let Him lead in your life and let Him show you what needs to be done and how things need to be done. We can trust in Him for putting things together. We should not do things according to the way we think things should be done because that will just complicate things and leave God's plans incomplete and or challenged. But in order for all of this to happen, it is necessary to have an intimate, close, and personal relationship with the Lord. And the only way that happens is by submitting and surrendering your life to Him genuinely and completely. There must be complete and utter surrender to His Lordship. And then, and only then, can you be able to cultivate that communion, that daily walk with Him, where you can speak to Him and He can speak to you as you spend time with Him daily by praying and getting into His Word. Our surrender and daily communion with the Lord will help us do away with our carnality little by little so that we can be transformed and be made ready for the Master's work. But together with all of this, the intent that must drive us to get closer to the Lord and to look to do what He wants us to do must be love. Our love for Him must be the reason, the why we do things. Of course, we do receive eternal rewards for accomplishing the Lord's work His way, but the love we feel for Him 
must be the main generator, the reason for why we do all things for him, even the reason for why we should love our neighbor. It can never be the other way around. Our love for everyone must be generated by our love for the Lord. That's why it is even possible to love our enemies, those people that wrong us and do evil things to us. Because we should not do things because we love people, but rather because God wants us to love them. If I love my family and friends, it should be because my love for the Lord fuels that. If I love those people that are unpleasant to me for whatever reason, it should be also because my love for the Lord fuels that as well. And that is what helps us understand that we need to be open for the Lord, to be ready for the unexpected, because what He wants and the way He thinks is very different to our carnal intentions and sentiments. But all things are possible through Christ. We will not miss a thing if we learn to love and be faithful to the Lord in all that we do. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, Lord, we are less than small before you. Heavenly Father, I dare to say that we are insignificant and extremely limited next to you, Lord God. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we need you. Help us to understand, Lord God, that we need you. And that, Lord God, help us to be able to know how to submit to you, to be open to what you want us to do, to be faithful in what you ask us to do, Lord God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to be open to the unexpected things that you will allow to happen. Heavenly Father, help us to be Lord God, attentive to your guidance. Help us to understand that the way that we see things is completely different to the way that you see things because you see and know everything. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we must just be led by you to be able to accomplish those things that you want to accomplish. Help us to understand that because then is that we will be able to see your glory your majestic works. And what's great about that is that we will be a part of that which you, Lord, want us to do. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because you love us so much that you want to make us a part of your work, a part of the great and awesome things that impact eternity, Lord God. Heavenly Father, help us, O oh Lord, to know who we are and to know who you are, and what you need to be for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.